0: It is time for midday. It's 11.30 here at KRVN. Tyler Kobali along with you. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. It's a sunny day for once. Not a lot of wind. Got some nice showers, depending where you're at, uh, earlier today. 72 right now at the station. We're going to get a reprieve from severe weather for the most part. More on that coming up in 15 minutes in our Ag Weather Update with Paul Perkins. Jason is in for sports. Uh, State golf is coming up. I believe it starts tomorrow have more on that tomorrow right today today right. they got a beautiful day to play today <laughs> well hey they uh, they they planned it well all right more on that in just a minute uh bob brogan he is in as well he'll talk about it uh, how stocks are performing but let's as we always do head over to susan littlefield and susan how are you doing today
1: well the thunder has stopped temporarily and the sun came out so that'll make things Warm-up exciting if we get some stuff later today.
0: Very good. How much rain did you get in your neck of the woods?
1: Uh, 40 hundredths. Okay.
0: You'll take it. We'll take it at this I'll point. I'll take it. And, yeah, uh, I'm
1: not going to complain.
0: Yeah. Like you said, if the sun comes out, that'll help uh, really think, warm things up and uh, <laughs> green things up.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: Very good. Well, what do you have coming up for us today on Midday?
1: Well, Clay will kick off everything here at 1219 as he talks with Amber McDaniel highlighting all the happenings from this past weekend's Mid-State Hair Sheep uh, Cooperative Field Day that took place. Then we continue our cruising with renewable fuels, and I'll be talking with Director Steve Wellman. He, of course, is the Director of Agriculture for the state of Nebraska as he and I were at the same event last Friday And we talk about the importance of the ethanol industry to Nebraska, but more importantly, what it means to the consumers. Mm. And then Clay will be back in again at 117 as he talks with Mike Johnson. He's with the Dawson County Ag Society. He talked about the Spring Classic Cattle Show that will be in Lexington this weekend.
0: Okay, a lot of great information coming up. We appreciate it, and hopefully the sun shines in your area soon. Sounds good. All right, thank you very much, Susan. Let's turn things over to uh, Jason and confirming today is state golf. It is so a uh,
2: class A in Norfolk, class B in Columbus, Carney's hosting C, and Lake Maloney out in North Platte is hosting class D. All right, so five right? star, five star day for the kids. Beautiful day overall,
0: and that'll last until this uh, two day, days, two, days two, two day
2: tournament. So uh, hopefully tomorrow's just as uh, just as nice. Hopefully they can get all of those. Uh, Tournament's in before it lets loose tomorrow night, it sounds like. No win today or really tomorrow overall, so yeah, this is picture perfect. Also, we we'll talk some NFL. Broncos' latest quarterback competition kicked off yesterday when Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater each shared snaps. However, of note, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers did not show up for the first day of organized team activities with Green Bay. He's always been there in the past.
0: There doesn't have to be a quarterback competition if they just go <laughs> get Aaron Rodgers. I have to wait, though, from what I saw. I think you have to wait until June 1st. Yeah,
2: play the contract thing, and then, uh, you know, he'll end up in the uh, Mile High City, and Kansas City's run, and the champs of the AFC West will come to an abrupt end.
0: Love it. Love <laughs> it. And so do our
3: Kansas City Chief <laughs> listeners as well. We can hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, what do you have for us? Well, earlier earlier stocks were a little bit higher, but now they've become mixed, um, and so we're watching that situation to see which direction things go. Consumer con- confidence was down slightly in May, but still remains nearly as high as it's been since the uh, pandemic began. Also, not surprisingly, U.S. home prices jumping by the most in more than seven years in March. Details on those stories coming up.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. All of that and more coming up on Midday. It is time for regional ag weather. Paul Perkins now joining me here in the studio and. Sounds like finally we may get a reprieve, a little break from severe weather today and tonight.
4: Yes, kind of nice and quiet for about a 24-hour period here. Uh, As the afternoon goes on, we'll see increasing amounts of sunshine and and another severe threat on the way for tomorrow. A quiet night for tonight, nice and quiet, but these rain showers that are moving through southeastern Nebraska right now, moving off towards the east, but a pretty good severe threat as we head towards tomorrow.
0: Feels like it's a little muggy out.
4: Am I wrong? Yes. Uh, you know, let me check those dew points because, you know, we usually don't talk humidity this time of year, but, uh, dew points have actually backed off a little bit. They're pretty much in the fifties, not as high as they've been, but we do have some low and mid sixties for dew points on into southeastern Nebraska and much of central and east Kansas. So that humidity has backed off. It was, uh, I think it was a higher, much higher yesterday and of course into last night too. So.
0: So these rain showers have been receding in the morning. Uh, it seems like it's something, especially here in central Nebraska and north central Kansas,
4: Maybe be something that is a trend in the near future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially tomorrow night because the system probably not going to set, uh, central and east areas until tomorrow night and then probably linger into Thursday morning. So it may be a little bit of a bit longer lasting system. Usually we see these things hit about 3 or 4 in the afternoon, then last into the evening, a little bit later on the timetable for tomorrow.
0: Okay, very good. But for today, what we do know, it's going to be a beautiful spring day.
4: Yes, uh, increasing amounts of sunshine and some ideal temperatures across the Area. Also, some westerly winds helping to lower that humidity right now. Still a little bit of light rain in southeast Nebraska, just near the Lincoln area around Milford, down to around Hebron and Nelson and Red Cloud, on into a little bit of north of central Kansas towards Smith Center and Mankato. That continues to dissipate and moved on towards to the east. Some associated cloud cover with those light rains, mainly over southeast Nebraska and eastern Kansas, Pretty much a lot of sunshine if you're along the west of a line from Columbus down to York and the Hastings area. A lot of sunshine starting to build into the area and those temperatures warming up nicely on into the low to mid-70s. High pressure building in today for increasing sunshine. Daytime highs today slightly warmer than usual with those light westerly winds. Overnight lows tonight will be seasonal. That's going to be followed by some slightly warmer than average temperatures for tomorrow with the weak front lifting to the north. And actually today and tomorrow are going to be our warmest day. Days of the next seven. thunderstorms move to western areas for tomorrow afternoon, then across the central and east tomorrow night. Chances good for severe weather with all of Nebraska and nearly all of Kansas and a slight risk of severe weather from the Storm Prediction Center, central and west central Nebraska into north central Kansas in a higher enhanced risk. We do have more of that on our KRV and Facebook page. The threats include the hail the size of ping pong balls, wind gusts to 75, and isolated tornadoes, one to two inches of rain is predicted with some locally heavier amounts that could lead to some localized flooding on already saturated grounds. More rain is likely Saturday night into Sunday night, just in time for the Memorial Day weekend. In your plans, lingering rain chances into Memorial Day, and we could see additional rain amounts of 2 to 3 inches for Saturday night into next Tuesday. Also, more on that on our KRVN Facebook page. Daytime highs cooling to slightly below average for Thursday through the Memorial Day weekend. In our long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures will remain cooler than normal for early next week. Late half of next week through June 7th, Nebraska temperatures will warm back to seasonal, but Kansas will stay cooler than normal. Above normal rainfall expected for Nebraska and Kansas Sunday through the first seven days of June. That better chance of above normal rainfall southern Nebraska into all of Kansas. Soil temperatures at the 4-inch depth for 7 this morning, mostly in the low to mid-60s. Overnight lows in the upper 30s to low 40s kept the Nebraska Panhandle soil temperatures in the 50s. Key weather factors for the markets include Heavy rain predicted for the central U.S. and modest easing of dryness stress in Brazil's winter corn areas, an active west to east storm track across the U.S., resulting in a chance of showers and thunderstorms across the plains and Midwest. Five day rain totals could reach one to three inches or more across the central and southern plains and lower Midwest. Western and southern areas of the Midwest, with heavy rain and possibly severe storms and flooding, recently dry parts of the northern Midwest will be watched closely for increased rainfall, significant rainfall bypassing the northern plains. The northern plains have benefited, though, from recent topsoil moisture improvements, but significant drought persists. Topsoil moisture rated very short to short, improved from 81 to 60 percent, In North Dakota and from 58 to 37 percent in Montana. The northern plains also going to be colder through the next week, including the potential for frost there. In Brazil's winter corn areas, moderate rain in the past three days offered some modest easing of their drought stress, but the forecast brings additional rain into southern Brazil. Mato Grosso, though, will be mostly dry with very warm to hot temperatures. So
0: today might quite literally be the calm before the storm
4: <laughs> Yes, Yes. Uh, at most of tomorrow going to be, of course, dry, but we will see those uh, storms start to fire in the west by late tomorrow afternoon. Once getting into the central and east areas by tomorrow night, and definitely a potential for some severe weather. Usually they don't put that slight to enhanced risk risk, uh, a uh, blob basically over your area this soon. Uh, so they are talking this up pretty good. It's not going to be coming out of the southwest, but it is a pretty strong system out of the northwest.
0: Okay, so something to keep an eye on. Again, it could be uh, potentially dangerous tomorrow late afternoon and the evening for what areas again?
4: Once well, again, pretty much all of Nebraska to all of Kansas, and at least a slight risk of severe storms. And once again, west central and central Nebraska and in north central Nebraska and north central Kansas in, a, in enhanced risk for severe storms tomorrow.
0: Okay, very good. Now I know you have maps. Where can they find that? And also where can they find a the full forecast?
4: You can find those weather maps on our KRVN Facebook page. Also more, for, more information for weather on our weather page at krvn.com.
5: Alright, thank you, Paul. I'm Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network, taking a brief moment here at the Mid-State's Hair Sheep Cooperative Sheep and Goat Field Day near Lexington, Nebraska, to talk with one of the Mid-State Hair Sheep Cooperative members and board of directors. It's Amber McDaniel. She's treasurer of the Mid-State's Hair Sheep Cooperative of Sargent, Nebraska, a diverse operation she comes from. And Amber, I guess first, let's just get a recap. How has the field day went and what all have we seen?
6: We've actually had a very good day so far. We started with some live animal, hands-on look at some of the hair sheep used here, both bred and not bred. We kind of took a look at some of their um, body scoring conditions and some lambs, looked at some lambing jugs, and we've had a lot of good questions and a lot of good speakers, and we've touched on everything from advocates, ASI, back to the government for us, all the way down to, uh, producers that haven't yet grown their herd much outside of a few heads. So now also are listening to some South Dakota State University gals um, talking to us a little bit about how to do fecal samples, um, the care and nutrition and feeding of our livestock. And I think we had a pretty good turnout today with people that are already currently members of the Mid-States Hair Sheet Co-op, but just as many that are not members. Um, Lots of good questions and I think we'll have a lot of good uh, information to put out afterwards.
5: And and talking about that, the fact that kind of a rough estimate, but maybe half of the folks here are not formally a member of the co-op prior to today. So does this kind of help showcase the fact that people are curious, people are interested about starting and joining this industry?
6: That's correct, because today we really don't know where to go with our lambs. I mean, there's no real clear cut from producer to to the plant, to the restaurant, or to the stores, and that's kind of what we're also here to do, is to help us gather as a larger team and have a a larger ability, not just in Nebraska, but across the Mid-States, to provide a a product across the United States.
5: With the cooperative model that Mid-State's Hershey Cooperative is operating under currently, Is maybe a long-term or future goal to be able to market to more the commercial side of this industry?
6: That's correct, and that's what we're hoping to do as a a larger group. So, I mean, the more of... Producers that we have together, it supports that independent producer and together we make the size of a commercial type operation would. So
5: with the curiosity and everything, now what is the next step? What is the next step of engagement that some of these new members or folks that are curious about the industry? What is the next step for them?
6: I think that one, becoming a member is going to be beneficial, but to just to follow our Facebook page, to um, receive our newsletters, we've always got good information going out there and to assist us in becoming producers that want to join together um, to market our lambs.
5: And Amber, you kind of hit on it there, but just wanna make sure for folks that wanna follow along, maybe weren't able to get out here today, what are ways that they can still connect to the Mid-States Hair Sheep Cooperative and the breeders, because as we just heard uh, President Josh Burnt talking about, in fact, a Young Shepherds Program coming on, there's a lot of potential here. So folks that are curious, what is the best way to follow along?
6: Um, our names and numbers are on our Facebook page. We have a, um, a website, which is also listed on our Facebook page, and on all of those, it's just as easy as um, sending a post out that says, hey, I need some inf- more information. Someone will definitely jump on and get back to you straight away. Um, you can go on our Web page and there's um, contact information type deal where you can you know request more information and there's phone numbers out there. Just give any one of us a call and we'd be happy to talk further with them about what we can help.
5: And again, Amber McDaniel with Mid States Hair Sheep Cooperative. If you'd like to know more about Amber's operation, check out our full interview uninterrupted as a podcast. RuralradioNetwork.com.
0: It is time for Midday Sports. Jason Jorgensen is joining us. And again, today is the first day of high school state golf. You know, the NSAA meets are going
2: on. Norfolk is hosting uh, Class A at the Norfolk Country Club. Columbus is hosting Class B at the Elks. The Country Club is hosting Class C, while Lake Maloney is taking place, uh, holding the uh, Class D event in North Platte. The tournaments will run through tomorrow. I would suspect there will be some low scores today. Oh, Pretty sure. decent conditions out there
0: across the state. Not a lot of winds to speak of. Uh, not going to have a, a lot of uh, rain today either. So, no, it should be a great day for golf. On Sunday,
2: Nebraska, of course, clinched the Big Ten championship and the league's automatic bid to the NCAA. And yesterday, the Huskers moved into the top 25 rankings in some national polls. The Huskers are now ranked 20th by D1Baseball.com. And Baseball America also moved Nebraska into the rankings, putting the Huskers at number 19. Nebraska is the lone-ranked Big Ten squad. They will wrap up the regular season this weekend against Michigan. Kind of an Anti-climatic series here for the Big Red, although Nebraska is certainly playing for a seed in the NCAA tournament. Three more wins couldn't hurt.
0: I suppose for Michigan, they need to win these games to have any kind of chance.
2: Yeah, at least two out of three, and of course, they have a pretty good pedigree with what they did in the NCAA tournament a couple years back, but uh, Friday's first game is at noon, which means we'll have it over on Cami.
0: By the way, uh, what, what national baseball outlet is, uh, do we regard higher than the others, or... In terms of rankings, I think Baseball America is okay. is, is the gold
2: standard. All They've right. been around a little bit longer than D1Baseball.com. Oh, yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> everybody's got their own, so well, I don't yeah. know which I mean. one's. Uh you,
2: know, you you got an opinion, you can have a poll.
0: Yeah, right. Some bloggers got one, <laughs> too. So. The
2: yeah. Broncos' latest quarterback competition kicked off yesterday when Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater shared snaps at the team's practice facility. Locke is the incumbent and says he's been so busy fixing flaws in his game this offseason, he hasn't paid any attention to one reporter after another that his starting job is in jeopardy.
0: I don't buy that at all. No. Now, I'm glad. I'm glad he's been hanging out with Peyton Manning. That'll help.
2: It can't hurt. Uh, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, which is another story coming up, I bet Teddy Bridgewater is the starter for
0: the Broncos. I think don't so, think? too. No, yeah. I, I, actually, I hope it's that way, in fact. So, we'll see.
2: Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't present for the first day of organized team activities. Of course, these are voluntary. He's generally participated in the past, but uh, he and the Packers still a long way from building that bridge and getting
0: over it. Yeah, he is. It, this is not a, a a ploy now. He is definitely serious about holding out, so we'll see. Listen, again, just move on, trade him. You don't want to deal with this all summer long. Give him to the, the Broncos.
2: Yeah, let him play out his career in the front range and right. make everyone happy. Right. And Tampa Bay can tie the longest winning streak in franchise history at 12 when well, the Royals show up tonight. The Rays won their 11th straight yesterday, scoring seven times in the 11th inning. Lefty Ridge Hill starts for Tampa Bay. Royals after that terrible 11 game stretch. They've actually stabilized and played some pretty decent baseball over the last uh, week and a half. But does anyone spend their money any wiser than Tampa Bay in Major League Baseball? They've
0: great front office and the
2: young pitching and somehow they're all good. They're all good. It's amazing what they are doing with that with that uh salary cap, how they deal with it and with their payroll. Of course, they made the great run last year and they're just as good this year.
0: And I think last year, did the, the lowest payroll, not only last year, but I think ever to yeah. make a mega World Series.
2: But yet people will not show up down there and watch that team play. Well, a ballpark yeah. has something to do I with it. I think it's out of the
0: way of everything, too. <laughs> but, yeah, when you're in the lousy yeah, like that,
2: so. I don't know. They, they know how to squeeze every penny they have.
0: Continue winning, and maybe you'll draw the face.
2: Maybe. That's, that's sports. For more, you can find it at dot right, Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. This is Greg Sharp coming up tonight on Sports Nightly. It's our Bill Moose sit-down for the month of May. Our Athletic Director for the University of Nebraska will be here. We'll have that in Top Ten Tuesday. Come on back tonight here on Sports Nightly. Listen to Sports Nightly on 880 KRVN, 106.9 FM, Kearney, and 98.5 FM, Grand Island.
7: The National Weather Service confirmed a tornado touchdown in Sheridan County, Kansas, Monday evening that moved through Selden, Kansas. Sheridan County Sheriff Brandon Carver says the town of Selden is a population of 200.
5: At approximately 6.08 p.m., we ended up uh, notifying our communications center that the tornado was on the west edge of Selden. The city of Selden took a direct hit by the tornado, sustained uh, significant damage. Right now, based off of uh, what we have Stat-wise, this involves commercial, residential, and outer buildings. We had 84 properties with minor damage and 38 with major.
7: Sheriff Carver says some of the damage includes roofs off of houses, trailers off their foundations, outer buildings totaled, as well as a historical two-story hotel that lasts the entire second floor of the building. Only one minor injury has been reported. A Holdridge man, Charged in shootings that killed two men and seriously injured another will undergo a fourth mental evaluation. The Kearney Hub reports that a judge on Monday approved a motion by prosecutors seeking the psychiatric evaluation of 48-year-old Manuel Gomez. The motion followed Gomez's April filing, indicating he intends to rely on an insanity defense at trial. Authorities say Gomez shot and killed 65-year-old Raymond Burton and 54-year-old David Rogers in February 2019 at the Sunrise View Apartments in Holdridge. Prosecutors say he also shot and wounded his attorney at the time, Doyle Morse. In the past two years, Gomez has been found mentally unfit to stand trial, then deemed restored to competency and order to stand trial for first-degree murder and other counts. Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts has vetoed bills that would require the state to manage Omaha Public Schools' troubled pension system and expand eligibility for food and heating aid. Ricketts has previously signaled his uh, opposition to the pensions bill, calling it a slippery slope that could eventually put Nebraska on the hook for the district's bad investment decisions. The bill's sponsor has said that isn't the case. The Republican governor also vetoed bills that would allow more people to qualify for federally funded food and heating assistance. Each bill passed in the legislature with enough votes to override the governor's veto if the support holds. Nebraska will end a $300 a week unemployment bonus that has been going to jobless workers during the pandemic. Governor Peter Ricketts Monday declared a return to normalcy and rescinded that last of his virus-related executive orders. Asked why the state is ending the unemployment bonus, Ricketts offered this response.
2: We have about 39,000 job openings out there right now on our Nebraska Works uh, website. We've got about 15,000 people receiving uh, benefits, so we've got more than two jobs for every one person on there. So it's time to return to normal. And for the people who say uh, employers should raise their wages, I certainly think employers should pay what the market demands to hire people. The government should not be interfering in that by artificially driving that number up by providing an additional $300 a week.
7: Rickett says the extra benefits will end June 19th. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Ellen
1: Simmons. We're continuing to cruise with renewable fuels. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. And today, we're checking in with the Director of Agriculture for the State of Nebraska, Steve Wellman. Steve attended a Fueled by Nebraska event on Friday, just outside of Kearney.
8: Renewable Fuels Month is in is May and when the, we are in the third week of celebrating Renewable Fuels Month by going out and, and advocating and hoping to uh, provide a better understanding of biofuels such as ethanol and biodiesel, which are both uh, produced here in Nebraska from Nebraska grown crops, right? So biofuels, renewable fuels are a, a great uh, boost to Nebraska agriculture. Our corn, sorghum uh, products are used for ethanol production. Our soybeans are used for biodiesel production. And our animal fats are uh, used for biodiesel also. And then we have the side benefits of, of adding value from, from the, the DDGs, the distiller's grains for our livestock sector used to feed our livestock. And it benefits the consumer. Consumer can pull up to the pump and save money by using uh, biofuels, the renewable fuel, especially ethanol. A higher blend of ethanol usually costs less than regular gasoline, so they save money. It also helps clean our air. Uh, ethanol from corn-based ethanol produces a 46% reduction in greenhouse gases compared to regular gasoline. So it, it's a win-win-win all the way around. It's it's great for Nebraska agriculture, which is our leading economic driver for the state. It still produ- uh, supports more jobs than any other sector of, of our industry or of our our state. So. Uh, it boosts our rural economy, provides jobs. The ethanol industry is a $5 billion industry here in Nebraska, employs over 1,400 people in our state. Most of that is in the rural areas. So it uh, it boosts our rural economy, boosts our state economy, and it cleans our air. I
1: want to talk about boosting that rural economy. Do you know the dollar amounts that might be coming back, the economic windfall of having an ethanol facility in a rural area?
8: Well, I don't have a, an exact number on that. It's going to depend on how big a production it is. Nebraska is the second largest ethanol-producing state in the United States. Again, $5 billion industry to Nebraska and over 1,400 jobs. And, and those are pretty much well-paying jobs. I mean, they're good-paying jobs for any place, but especially in, in rural Nebraska. Plus the investment that, uh, for example, like CPI is making here in, in to, to provide... Uh, the additional products and uh, the higher blend products so uh, adds to the tax base we're always looking for answers for property tax relief right uh, investments and add value uh, and and reduce the burden for everybody else on property taxes
1: so what excites you about the ethanol industry for our state Well
8: I, I think ethanol I mean really just a driver for the corn and sorghum markets and and from a from a corn producer standpoint, it adds value all the way through the system on the corn marketing. And for the livestock guys, it it provides uh, value for their feed rations for DDGs. It's a great source of protein and 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 energy. So it's again, it's a win-win for the grain producer, it's for a win for the livestock producer, and it's a win for the uh, consumer. Um, it's. It's really something that we probably uh, don't realize the full benefit from. The average consumer probably doesn't realize the benefit. uh, But, and then it cleans the air for everybody, reduces the amount of toxins that are linked to cancer. Uh, So what, why shouldn't we be doing as much as we are for biofuels and, and even more?
1: In the world that we're in right now, and the push to be more, you know, earth friendly that we see coming out of washington dc this is a great opportunity for ethanol to really shine and say hey we've been doing this for years
8: we have been doing this for years and it's a great example of what agriculture can contribute to a friendly environment and i think again we've been doing it for a long time we've been working on ethanol and biodiesel issues for decades right and I think it's an it's an answer that gets overlooked by lawmakers in Washington, D.C. They're so focused on, on other uh, e- electric or whatever vehicles that they're overlooking what we already have and taking advantage and utilizing biofuels to their full extent.
1: As you get a chance maybe to help somebody fuel up, what do you tell a consumer? What do you want them to be the biggest takeaway from getting E15 or above at an event like this today?
8: I, I tell the consumer that it's uh, it's good for their pocketbook it's good for the environment and it's good for the state of nebraska uh, and and if we start from there we can we can have a discussion about any part of that and and it's really also uh you know the, the products if there's there's some misunderstandings about, about what the the vehicle warrant, warranties cover and that don't cover so it's it's not harmful. We've had the E-30 studies here in Nebraska on vehicles and, and gotten great results for the E-30. That's
1: my conversation with the Director of Agriculture, Steve Wellman. By the way, there's still one more fueling opportunity. That's at U-Stop in Lincoln, 73rd and Pine Lake. And that'll run from 10 until 1, where I was told E-15 will be priced at $1.99 a gallon. We've been cruising with renewable fuels during May. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
3: With the Business Report for Tuesday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks have been wavering between small gain and losses as investors weighed the economic recovery's progress against lingering concerns about inflation. Home builders were among the biggest gainers following a report that U.S. home prices jumped in March by the most in more than seven years. Consumer confidence remains high as the economy reopens and vaccine distribution continues. Moderna rose 2% after the drug maker said its COVID-19 vaccine was found to be effective in children ages 12 to 15. America's housing market has grown so overheated as demand outpaces supply that prices keep hitting record highs. And roughly half of all U.S. houses are now selling above their list price. Two years ago, before the pandemic struck, just a quarter of homes were selling above the seller's asking price, according to data from the real estate brokerage Redfin. Meanwhile, sales of new homes fell a bigger-than-expected 5.9% in April, a drop that analysts blamed in part on soaring home prices. The Commerce Department says sales dropped to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 863000 last month. That followed a sales pace of 917000 in March. Consumer confidence ticked down slightly in May, but remains nearly as high as it's been since the pandemic began. The Conference Board reports that its Consumer Confidence Index fell to 1172 from April's 117.5. The District of Columbia has sued Amazon, accusing the online retail giant of illegal anti-competitive practices in its treatment of sellers on its platform. The DC Attorney General alleges in an antitrust suit that the practices have raised prices for consumers and stifled innovation and choice in the online retail market. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan.
5: Dawson County gearing up for the Spring Classic Cattle Show. I'm Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. I have the opportunity now to talk with Mike Johnson of the Dawson County Ag Society. And, Mike, give us an overview. What is the Dawson County Spring Classic Cattle Show going to look like?
9: show this weekend will just be a, as you said, cattle show only. We will start check-ins on Friday at 4 o'clock. Uh, showmanship at 6 p.m. We'll run check-in till about 9 And then we'll have a short check-in Saturday morning with the regular cattle show starting at 10.
5: Unfortunately, last year due to COVID, it was going to be kind of a Thanksgiving classic. That's pushed it to the spring. Here in the Longer View, what is Dawson County Ag Society thinking? Try a spring show or maybe try to do both now, a spring show now and a fall classic later this year?
9: What we're hoping is to go ahead and stay with the fall show. Also, spring show is an addition. Just get our feet wet and make sure we get more of the, the local youth involved.
5: Can you tell us who's sorting the show here for the Spring Classic?
9: The judge for the Spring Classic will be Kyle Stewart. They tell me he is a native of Lexington.
5: Excited to hear. And, of course, anytime time you can bring somebody back to their hometown and let them sort through the, the local livestock. But I guess I say local. Really, this is open to anyone in the state. Uh, is there any parameters, really, that folks need to be? And is there still time? I know it's this Friday and Saturday, but is there still time to get some of those last-minute entries and registrations?
9: For this type of show, what we do is we follow 4-H and FFA age, so anywhere from 8 to 21. We will also have a Wee showmanship on Friday with the uh, regulars.
5: Mike, what is the best way to go about getting signed up if you, if you haven't already?
9: If you haven't already, you can check our Facebook page, or you can call the office and visit with Michaela or myself, Mike Johnson, at 308-991-1219.
5: So a lot coming up again. It's the Dawson County Ag Society's Spring Classic Cattle Show that's coming up this Friday and Saturday. Still some time. Mike just told us the phone number to call. We'll make sure this is a podcast so you can go back and listen to it. Mike, is a. it's exciting to kick off something like this because there's really junior cattle shows across the state of Nebraska. This gives youth one more chance to get their livestock in the ring. From your perspective as being a parent that's been involved in youth livestock, these jackpot shows, what is the importance of them?
9: I feel the importance of it is you've already put the time, the effort, and the financial aspect into owning these cattle. Let's get out and let's show them. Let's let's you know let's make all that time worthwhile.
5: Now, what are we competing for when it comes to spring classic show? Is this going to be more of a cash type jackpot? Or are we going up for some pretty nice prizes?
9: We are a JNC sanctioned show, so there will be a top five in the markets and the breeding. Champions will. There will be some cash involved along with a few show supplies.
5: That's going to be exciting then. So really there's rewards for the youth as well that bring in the top quality livestock and guys, it's the time is short, but they are, there's that little window in here. So if you haven't got signed up, there is still time to get those last few entries in. Don't sleep on this one. Again, it is the first annual on Dawson County cattle spring classic show. Still working though to have a fall show later this year as well. So more to come. Mike, thank you so much for talking to us, bringing us more about what's coming on. But before we close out final or closing thoughts for us. Um,
9: Like I said, this is our first show. Uh, We are excited to do it at the fairgrounds, um, and we we hope it's fun for everybody.
5: And again, Mike Johnson with the Dawson County Ag Society. Again, give Mike a call, get a hold of somebody on the Ag Society if you want to get registered before this Friday and Saturday for the Dawson County Cattle Spring Classic Cattle Show. Thanks for listening to the Rural Radio Network. on the World Radio Network as we take a check here of the closing grain exchange. And typically talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. John, unavailable this afternoon. Grains ending mostly in the red here across the uh, broader commodity complex. This is uh, concerns that China may be switching up some of their commodity deals and trying to strengthen their own resiliency in their next five-year plan, really putting commodities back on edge. U.S. dollar index, so being very supportive as it drops now 21 cents here in the afternoon trade heading back for its overnight low where it flirted with its low so far seen in 2021 the soybeans we did see those perk up just briefly as the soybean meal tried to turn around but it caught heavy selling pressure here in the afternoon ending over three and a half percent on the front month july contract still the big seller on the day the july corn contract going to lose almost five and five and three quarters percent five point six percent on the end of the day and really a lot of the front month contracts all the way out to december new crop lost over four point four percent december 2020, new crop, though, down just 1.72%. On the wheat side, Australia looks to have a really good crop on the horizon. The U.S., so kind of mixed with some lower quality ratings coming out yesterday from the uh, Crop Progress Report. You can still see that Crop Progress Report when you visit the Kappa Ethanol Crop Progress Report at ruralradionetwork.com. Though the spring wheat also, we got its first condition reporting yesterday, coming in almost half of what it does on the 10 year average. And there, that uh, saw some, some traders kind of thought, and on the open, we saw the Minneapolis spring wheat contracts open higher, but then started to pull back, still extremely dry across the northern plains and the Canadian Prairie, prime spring wheat growing areas. Uh, so it's kind of detracting from it. It actually ends closest of most of the trade to the un- unchanged site, ending down just a one to two cents. Uh, but with that as well, unfortunately, it's kind of more of the broad mass selling here. So with the macro picture looking a little sour on the day, that obviously put pressure back over on the commodities. We've seen this nice big run up in the trade and now it's starting to pull some of that back out. How much further, though, can it continue? A little bit lighter on USDA data this week. We will get out. Ethanol production dated tomorrow. Again, the uh, for last week we saw the first production weekly production over a million barrels per day for the first time since March of 2020. Though a lot of analysts starting to ease back closer to that 979 thousand up to 985 thousand for tomorrow's report. Though on the upper end of the ranges, there are several that think maybe we can see 1.05 million barrels per day, an actual about 2,000 barrel per day de- increase versus what we saw last week. Uh, overall, though, ethanol stocks ex- expected to still continue to be fairly tight. Uh, I mean, it could go either direction tomorrow, but uh, it's expected to be a small move in either way. Uh, still dry conditions in South America. There's a corn crop, albeit that seems to be somewhat more of a known factor to the trade. So now trying to see what happens. Will the U.S. face a dry crop? Again, just right now in the month of May, a lot of growing season left to go. Have to check here at the closing grain trade on the Rural Radio Network. Okay, thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up Midday here
0: on this Tuesday. And for the first time in a couple days, once again, you can check out the Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors. Find out wherever podcasts are available or krvn.com. Again, we apologize for some of the technical difficulties we've had in the last week or so. Uh, We are beginning to work some out of of those kinks out. Also, again, because I know we've had some listeners call, and I appreciate the the calls and asking what is going on. that just shows that you, you care about the station, at least what's going on for the most part. Uh, we did have some technical. We still have some technical issues at the transmitter. Uh, They're at the towers uh, just by the Holdridge area. So that is being worked on by our engineering crew. They do a wonderful job. So they are currently working on that. Again, from yesterday to currently right now, uh, we're not as strong power as what we usually are. So if you're wondering why it's very uh, – it, does, it doesn't sound as crisp as it usually does – or it's very static here, or you almost maybe can't hear it at all. It is not your radio. It is us. So we are working on it, and we will work to get that uh, problem remedied as soon as possible. But I do know that the transmitters on the FM do work just fine. So if you're in the Kearney area, 106.9 FM, you can hear us just fine there. Or if you're in the Grand Island area, you can tune in to 98.5 FM. Same programming. It's just on the FM dial so if you're in those two areas, uh, certainly check out the FM dials. Or you can also listen to us by downloading our free KRVN app or krvn.com.